Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Divorced Girl Smiling Podcast. My name is Jackie Pilisoff, and I'm your host. I'm the founder of Divorced Girl Smiling, the company that connects people facing divorce with trusted, vetted divorce professionals. We're also a podcast, a website, a mobile app, and I offer the free consult. So when I was getting divorced, one of the biggest questions that I was always asking myself and wondering and asking other people and asking professionals is, you know, what's going to happen after this? Am I going to be happy? What's my life going to be like? And because divorce is something that you can't really prepare for, and a lot of people don't see it coming, or even if you were the one who wanted the divorce, it's really hard to picture your life after because you've just been in this marriage for so long and you might be making other major changes like work, you know, uh, your custody schedule. You're not going to be seeing your kids 100% of the time. There's so much change going on that it is a really valid question. Am I going to be happy? What's my life going to look like? And today we want to help you with things you can do to create a happy life after divorce. And for this, I have a great guest. Her name is Michelle Heffron. And Michelle is a life coach and a divorce coach. Michelle is a really impressive person. I just want to talk about her for a couple minutes. So Michelle has gone through a divorce. Actually, she's been through two divorces. And she has spent several years in executive leadership roles. And she's been coaching people during that time, even though she wasn't formally a coach, but then decided to go get a coaching certificate through the Institute of Professional Excellence in Coaching. And hi, Michelle. Hi, Jackie. Thank you so much for having me. Well, from the first time that we met, I just felt a sense of professionalism, maturity, a lot of sensibility, a ton of compassion, and a lot of dedication from you. Like it's just in your core. And so that's why I bet you you're a wonderful, wonderful coach. So thank you so much for taking time to do this. And I'm really excited for you to talk about your 10 things you can do for a happy life after divorce. When I published this article on Divorce Girl Smiling, it got crazy hits. Oh. So I know people are interested in knowing how you can be happy uh, in life after divorce. So before we get started, tell me when you went through your divorce, really your second divorce, I think. Yes. Yeah. Did you have those questions? Like, am I going to be happy? What's my life going to be like? Tell me about that. Oh, that's such a great question. I think back, um, it's been, you know, a number of years, nearly 14 years ago. And at that time, maybe it was 15 years ago. At that time, I didn't even know what to ask myself. I really, I really didn't. Um, I was at, uh, I was 48 at the time, almost 50, actually, when I ended up having it all said and done with, I was, um, gosh, I had 
been a stay-at-home mom for a short time or for part of that time. And so I didn't have a job. I didn't have really a place to go to live. Um, I had suffered through some uh, financial uh, abuse situation. And I just was in a point in my life, I didn't even know what it would have looked like to be happy because I was such... Um, I was so engrossed in trying to figure out how I was going to survive through it. You bring up such an interesting point because somebody who's going through a divorce might not even know what it means to be happy. They don't know what it's going to take to make them happy. You don't even really know who you are, maybe. That is that is exactly right. And and that's what life coaches do. That's what divorce and life coaches do. They help you find this life. And just tell my listeners how you do that. Is it through exercises and questions and talking? And how do you figure this out with people? Yeah, well, of course, everybody's different. But I have learned that helping people ground in and well understand what their values are is a place where I like to start with people because sometimes when you're so angry or you're so hurt or you're so just bewildered at your situation, it's hard to even understand what a value might really mean to you. So I do really let people vent because they need to have a safe space to do that. And then we start just talking about what are, what are your values and what are your values now? They might change down the road a little bit. Um, <clears throat> and so I do take them through an exercise to sort of help them start grounding into what's going to be important to them. So that when they get to the end, we start to think about what is that picture of your life going to look like? What would you like it to look like? Um, if you could just stop long enough and pause, you know, and just slow it down a little bit. I like to try to just put the brakes on a little bit and help people kind of back up, take a breather and find some ways to work through the emotions and the fears and the anxiety and the anger and, you know, all the things that they're feeling and still get back to at the end of the day, they're a human being with a heart. And we want to really, um, you know, hold that space for them so that they're able to see that there's so much more out there for them. And then you're in the middle of it all. There's no seeing anything. You're just, it's, it's you're, hard. You're in crisis mode. You just you need are. to get through the divorce, even just the day, the week, the month, and then the divorce. So great, great points. Let's get to the 10 things you can do to create a happy life after divorce. And the first one is ask for help, which is perfect because we were just talking about divorce coaches. And I completely think that everybody who's going through a divorce should have a divorce coach and a therapist. What do you think? I see so many people, especially women who don't, they've been doing everything on their own. They know how to do it all, right? And they're not able to ask for help. And sometimes, and then they don't understand that how investing in themselves will help them get so much farther in what they want in their life and to get them to even think about what it means to be happy. You know, I look back at my divorce, uh, that last one, which was really, really um, a, a hard, hard thing for me to go through. And I see how by having someone to help me through that 
would have saved me so much time, so much energy, emotional capacity, uh, money, really, and and um, just helped me come out the other end of it in a more effective way to move into that next space in my life, because I really didn't know what in the world I was ever going to do at the end of it. This is my theory. When people are going to through a divorce, they're not themselves. You could be the most self-confident person in the world, great upbringing, and you're going through a divorce and you're like this insecure mess with no self-esteem. And because of that, you make bad decisions or I shouldn't say bad decisions. Well, some bad decisions. I wrote an article like, don't do anything stupid. And I listed all the stupid things <laughs> I did my divorce, but also you don't make as good of decisions as you could. So hiring a divorce coach is like hiring your sounding board, your best friend who's going to help you. And when I say your best friend, they also aren't judgmental, like your real best friend might be, and they don't know you personally yet. So they are trained to help you make better decisions without being like, oh, he's such an asshole. Like, you know, your coach, if you want them to say that, they will, but that's not what it's about. So it's very different from family and friends. So my whole point of saying that is if you ask for help, what a divorce coach and a life coach are gonna do is help you make better decisions while you're going through the divorce and then after. Yeah. Absolutely. And um, yeah, I make lists of stupid things I did during my divorce all the time. <laughs> I just go, I tell people sometimes you say and do things that you would never do during your normal life. It's just, it, you just go back and you go, what was I freaking thinking, right? Absolutely. Just... <laughs> oh, gosh. You're listening to the Divorced Girl Smiling Podcast with Jackie Pillisoff, and today I'm here with Michelle Heffron, who is a divorce, relationships, and life coach, and Michelle and I are talking about 10 things you can do to have a happy life after divorce. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to move on to number two. We'll be right back. I want to take a minute and recommend two of my Divorced Girl Smiling trusted professionals. The first one is a divorce attorney in the state of Maryland. Her name is Carrie Jacobson, and Carrie is the founder and managing partner of Jacobson Family Law. She has been practicing law for nearly a decade. She has litigation experience, but now Carrie has decided to focus her entire practice on mediation and alternative dispute resolution. Carrie is wonderful. She's so committed to keeping the drama out of divorce and avoiding all the toxicity that litigation and all this high conflict brings to children and their parents. So if you want to learn more about Carrie Jacobson, you can go to jacobsonfamilylaw.com or you can find her in the trusted professional section of Divorced Girl Smiling. I also want to take a minute and recommend the financial firm of Vester Capital. Elaine Moss and Pete Mullins are a team of financial advisors who help 
people in transition, which includes divorce. Elaine and Pete have been my personal financial advisors for eight years. They can do a thorough financial plan. Pete is a certified divorce financial analyst, and they have been so wonderful to me over the years, both from a performance standpoint and a service standpoint. So if you wanna learn more about Vester Capital and Elaine and Pete, you can find them at vestercapital.com or you can find them in the trusted professional section of Divorced Girls Smiling. Welcome back to the Divorced Girl Smiling podcast with your host, Jackie Pillisoff. I'm here today with divorce, relationships, and life coach, Michelle Hepron and Michelle and I are talking about 10 things you can do for a happy life after divorce. Number two, create a vision. So you wrote here, what does the life you desire look like and how does it feel? And like we said before, you might not know, but Michelle is saying, write it down, write down what you do know. So tell me about that. Yeah. I think this is a very important step. It, it gets it gets you to slow down a little bit and start thinking beyond where you are in this moment and um, puts you in just a different frame of mind. And again, I use the values um, exercise to sort of inform some of this. So then there's a flow into what your life might look like. And it includes so many things like you know, where do you want to be in your life? And, and that might include your location, but it might, you know, include where do you want to be in a job or maybe you don't want to. I mean, there's just so many things. Where do you want to be in relationship with your kids and your family? Um, what hobbies are you going to take on? What What is your life? Are, maybe you want to get into another relationship. What does that look like? And how do you prepare for that? Um, so there's a lot to it. Sometimes I, uh, I suggest even starting a vision board. And I know some people think those are hokey, but you know, they work. And, and it actually takes your mind off of what you're doing at the moment and putting you into a place where you can start to see through, you know, the darkness of where you are at that present moment. And that's really, really important is to get beyond where you are for even a little bit at a time each day and just taking that time to move yourself forward and then understanding that you can change those things. So you wrote here, write down things, not as they are today, but rather as you would like them to be. So that is such a good point. And by the way, I love vision boards too, and I don't think they're hokey at all. I love them. <laughs> and if you write down, like even where you want to be, what you wish, if you could fantasize, if you were writing a little story about what your life is. That is how you get to figuring out what you want. It's not going to be exactly as you write it down, but then you get an idea like, you know, you could write down in two years from now, I see myself having a boyfriend. I see myself at a job in HR. I see myself picking my kids up and they're doing well and everybody's doing great. I see myself traveling, taking a trip every year. So just if you write all these things down, not everything's going to happen and not everything's going to happen exactly as you want it, but it will get you there. 
Yeah. And the important part of that, too, is not worrying about how it's going to happen, because oftentimes the ways we think are going to happen are not the ways they show up. So be okay with putting out that vision and um, not knowing exactly how you're going to get there. Right. Right. And and sometimes you'll be really surprised. You have to start really small. Like I always give this example. I wanted to get back into journalism and I had been a stay-at-home mom for a few years and I was going through a divorce and I took a job, a job they would pay an intern. I stood on a street corner every week and asked people um, like a, the question of the week. And I took their picture and I would report back to my editor what their answers were. There was a different question every week. And I felt like this is something that a high school student could do, but that was okay. And um, it led to more and more and more. And I ended up being a columnist in the Tribune. So that is the way to do it. And by the way, you have to stay really humble. Like that's okay if you have to take a job. You are never too old to fulfill your dreams and what you want to do. And I so agree with that. And especially as I work with more and more older women who are in this space right now of, um, you know, what am I going to do? I'm 60 something years old and I'm going through a divorce and I'm alone. And, you know, they are, it's, it's putting out hope by being able to create a vision yourself instead of looking at where you are right now. Um, I have a great story about a vision board I did. My kids were grown up by this time, but I had a vision board in my walk-in closet that had me with my kids underneath the Eiffel Tower. And I always wanted to take my kids to Paris. And in 2019, I didn't know how I was ever going to do it, but in 2019, I, my kids and I were in Paris under the Eiffel Tower on Christmas Eve. And I didn't even realize I had done that until I found that vision board a few weeks ago and I was clearing out a storage unit. And I was like, oh my gosh, it, it, that is I didn't so know how nice. it was going to happen, but I knew it would. That is so nice. And I'm so happy to hear that. And I'll tell you how you did it. You worked your butt off for several years. So yeah, it's very impressed and happy for you. Let's Thanks. move on to number three of how to be happy after divorce. Give yeah. yourself time to heal. This is so important. Um, you know, oftentimes we feel like, hey, we need to jump into another relationship. We, um, you know, we should be so much farther ahead in what our career is. You know, that divorce set me back and now I don't know what I'm going to do. I should be, you know, out there with more friends and doing, you know, all these things. And so what we forget is that we're human beings and we need to and this is why I even start this during the um the process of the divorce is taking a step back and giving yourself some grace and some time to start you know rediscovering yourself if you're always rushing ahead to get into something to fill a void in your life then it's really hard to discover who that is in there and that's very important and I see that so much in relationships I spent a lot of time um, working with relationships and um, in my last company uh, and what's healthy and what's health unhealthy in relationships. And oftentimes if we don't 
learn what the signs are or where we took response or taking responsibility for our part in our divorce, we often just get into the next relationship and it ends up being, you know, the same person with a different face kind of a thing, right? And we need to be able to take that time and rediscover who we are. What do we want in a person? And then we need to become the person that wants to get that, to attract that type of person into our life rather than getting into the same type of relationship over and over and over and seeing those old patterns just continually bubble up. And that's what we commonly see. I was, it's happened to me. I get it. I have a friend who's really, really smart. And she said, there's two kinds of people who are divorced, those who have done the work and those who haven't done the work. <laughs> and those who haven't done the work think that it was their spouse's fault and I am what I am and that's it. Yep. And by the way, there's not one person in this world who couldn't become a better person and who can't, shouldn't work on themselves. We should all be working on ourselves all the time to become better people, not just in divorce all the time. So then there's the kind of person who says, you know what, I'm going to self-reflect, like Michelle said, I'm going to figure out what I did that contributed to the divorce, and I'm going to be better in my next relationship. And doing the work means either going to a divorce coach or a therapist or both, really working on yourself and really looking in the mirror and saying, what have I what could I have done better? And that includes somebody who is blindsided, whose husband just left them for another woman. I get it. I'm not saying it was your fault, but we can all be better in our next relationship and figure out, even if it's just little things. It, it, it's, it's so true. Even if you're if your ex is 97% to blame or at fault for it, you still have some ownership to it. And it's easy to deflect that responsibility, but taking responsibility first and foremost for what you are contributing is so important because Jackie, I think, you know, you were saying this is that our behaviors are learned and the way we are is not the way we are. It's that it's the way we choose to be. And um, that's why I think that, um, you know, choosing something different or, or being willing to see things differently is a way to move forward in life. But unless you stop and reflect, it's not going to happen. And it's easy to just move forward without healing or, or even thinking we don't need to heal. And it's also very painful sometimes to do the work, to talk through these things, because things come up from childhood. And why did you do this? And why did you marry two addicts? And now like you have to figure out why you're choosing that. And that can be painful. Yes. So it's not easy. We're not saying it's easy, but you're going to benefit in so much if you work on yourself before getting involved in a relationship. Yes. Number four, this is a toughie, Michelle, and people are going to roll their eyes and not like us, but don't turn us off. Embrace forgiveness. So tell me what that means to you. When you embrace forgiveness, it doesn't mean that everything's okay. You know what? Things happened that weren't okay, but if you're going to connect yourself or define yourself 
through those things or hang on to them as some sort of a badge of victimhood, then you're going to inhibit how you can move forward in your life and not be able to find happiness because happiness is going to come from within. And if it's battling with a bunch of crap that you haven't let go of, then you're, it, it, it doesn't work. Right. And, and it doesn't mean that you forget and you say like, oh, he cheated. I'm just going to forget about it. That's nope. not forgiveness. It doesn't mean that, oh, it's okay. Like Michelle said, it doesn't mean like, oh, I understand why he did it. No, no. it just means that I'm not going to take this anger and animosity I have in my heart and carry it forward with me in my life. I'm going to let it go. And a big way to do that is to forgive. Yes. And it's so important. And it, and it's not just forgiving the others, it's forgiving yourself, which is so very important. And yes, it's yes. not something we've learned to do. When we don't forgive, we keep all of that energy inside of us, and it manifests in weird and in sometimes very unhealthful ways. And it's very important to understand that by being able to get some of that out and just let it go, you'll be able, you'll feel so much freer to move forward. I hear from a lot of women, two things. They'll say, I was so stupid. I didn't even see it. And then they also say, I should have left so much earlier. And so I think what Michelle's saying is you have to forgive yourself and say, no, you did the best you could. So you were a little naive. Yeah. Maybe you should have seen it, or maybe you should have left earlier, but now you're seeing it now you're leaving now. So it's okay. Forgive yourself and love yourself. Yeah. I always just, I'm going to just, just, you are where you are right now, whether you like it or not, it's where you should be. And it's the right place and time for you now. And now, as you said, Jackie, it's time. Then you can go on to the next thing. And it's a very hard lesson for me to learn, or I did. But and now I look back at all the years and all the things that have happened, and I see the through thread, why these things happen in my life, how it's brought me to where I am today and what I do. And I'll tell you what, there were some times where I was like, what the hell? This is so bizarre. But now I see it and I, I really don't have anger or animosity or any of the things that I could have because I, it doesn't matter to me anymore. I'm so fulfilled in my life now at what I get to do and all that built up to help me get here. Number five, shed reminders of the past. Yeah, this is big because sometimes, um, you know, if, if somebody's not ready to let go of the relationship, and they just keep things around to remind them constantly of, you know, that hole in their heart right now. It keeps us in a place of sadness and despair. And, and you know, it can be very triggering. And it's a hard one. I remember what I had- What are you talking about? Like pictures? Oh, what? Yeah, pictures or maybe gifts that you received or- um jewelry that he bought you mm -hmm. and it, you can detach the meaning to it that's one thing and so that's not bringing you down but I had a gift that somebody had given me some a person who I loved very much and the relationship ended and 
I finally had to take it and put it in my storage unit. I don't want to get rid of it, but I didn't want to see it every day because it was served as a constant reminder of what wasn't there anymore. And it didn't, it held me back from getting into a new relationship that had more meaning and, you know, love and everything. And so these things, whether you realize it or not, sometimes they keep us from moving forward into the life that we really want. And it just goes along with letting go of some things. I want to give a shout out to MJ Gable, who is the diamond and jewelry buyer that I sold my wedding rings to. And I'm bringing this up because if you have jewelry that your ex gave you and you don't want it anymore, or even your wedding rings, um, I worked with MJ Gable. You can find them at mjgable.com or on Divorce Girl Smiling. And they were great. They're really honest, good people. So I just wanted to give that plug. Moving on to number eight, focus on gratitude and appreciation. People are listening to this, rolling their eyes, going, oh, everybody talks about gratitude and appreciation. But tell me why that really is important, because it is. It's, it is so important because um, if we are constantly thinking of being pissed off, and if, if I can say that, um, and angry. I said asshole. So. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Um, then we aren't looking at the other parts of our lives and that are are good. And there's a lot of good. You know, your feet work, your, you, you can breathe. I mean, there's so many things. You might have beautiful children there with you. You might have an amazing friends. There's so many things that are around us. And if we're focusing on the bad parts of it, we're letting all of that define who we are. I have a great exercise for my listeners and try this for one week. So if you're listening to this and you're in the thick of your divorce and everything feels awful and like maybe Michelle said, oh, you have a house and maybe you're thinking, well, I might not. I don't know if I can stay in my house. I'm not going to have enough money. I'm getting lawyer bills every month that I'm freaking out at. My kids are acting out. I'm. This is the worst month of my life, blah, blah, blah. Here's what I want you to do. And this will help, I promise. When you wake up every morning and you get out of bed, and your feet hit the floor, and you're breathing, and you're walking to the bathroom to brush your teeth, thank God and thank and say, wow, my whole body's working. I'm healthy. I woke up today. I feel pretty good. And really just focus on your body and your physical sense and have a sense of gratitude that you are alive and you have an opportunity for another day. Michelle, don't you think? I mean, it's so basic. It, it is so, so, so basic. But I, I guarantee and I believe that doing this in the morning is so important. Even at night before you go to sleep is to even think of 10 things that you're grateful for. And I believe that the power of writing this stuff down even ingrains it even deeper in us. And it can change even when you're in the crappiest time. Like you said, Jackie, you don't know if you're going to have a house. You're getting these lawyer bills. There's all this stuff. But 
it's not going to be like that forever. And the more you focus on that gratitude and actual have appreciation for some of the things that might be going in on your, going on in your life, because hard as it seems, all of what you're going through is making you stronger. It's building up confidence that you didn't know you had. It's putting you, 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 you're in a place where you can start moving forward if you have appreciation for some of the things that are happening around you. We are running out of time. So I'm going to combine numbers nine and 10 because they can be combined. Number nine is self-care and self-discovery. And number 10 is love yourself. So it's all part of the same thing. So I love what you wrote. I love Doreen, by the way, that's... (laughs) Michelle's mother always says, when you look good, you feel good. And when you feel good, you look good. So what do you mean by self-care, self-discovery and loving yourself? Oh my goodness. There's so much to this one, but self-care, it could be as small as stopping for 10 minutes and having a cup of tea during the day and, and getting away from everything, like turning off your screen, don't watch television. That's the worst thing. Don't get caught up in your Facebook and social media stuff. Just spend a few minutes just alone. And, and you know, you, maybe that's a time that you can even bring in some of that gratitude and appreciation in your life and just being able to just be. My mother was so funny, but it was, if you look good, you feel good. And you feel good, you look good. And so she was always about, you know, do something every day to put yourself together. I mean, I have some other times I can share some of them. So many funny Doreenisms um, from my life. And it really, some of the time when I was going through that last divorce and I would show up and I would look just completely heinous. She was like, you know, maybe if you put a little lipstick on and combed your hair, you know, you look so cute when you put yourself. Oh my God. (laughs) You know, what's so funny. My dad, when I was single, this was when I was young, before I was married, he used to say, you should always look nice. Even if you're going to the grocery store, <laughs> have a little lipstick. <laughs> I have great stories about Doreen. I know we don't have time for them now, but boy, oh boy, she was something. Well, um, she knew what she was talking about, but yeah. I want to say one other thing about self-care. Self-care can also mean going to the doctor's appointment you've been putting off for two and a half months or going and getting a massage or taking a walk outside and just for 10 minutes. Yep. And then I also think I ha- I can't resist this. You have to get a pet. <laughs> a pet is a really, really helpful thing <laughs> for it's sure. The best. It's the best, one of the best life decisions I ever made. Just saying, it's kind of a pain at the beginning, the training and the cleaning up the poop. But I promise you, it's like when you have a baby, you don't even think twice about it. No. And then you've got something else to think about too. Yeah. All right, Michelle, this has been so nice. It's such an uplifting, positive, inspiring discussion. I absolutely love it. So thank you so much for taking time to do this with me today. It's my honor. This has been so fun, Jackie. It's I love I love talking to you. <laughs> well, same to you. Tell my listeners where they can find you. Yeah, you can find me at michellehefron.com. Now, my name has one L that gets people kind of stopped up sometimes. So it's M I C H E L E h-e-f-f-r-o-n.com and 
um, or you can email me at Michelle or Michelle at michellehefron.com. And um, right now, between now and the end of the year, it's kind of a time where we're getting into the holidays. So I am doing a special kind of a, a reset for people to get prepared and survive through the holidays, because for some people going through the holidays at this time, uh, maybe it's their first time. And as they're going through the divorce, there's some real you know, tricky things that you might want to work through. And so I, I'll be uh, announcing some information about that as well. Well, that is a great form of self-care. That's exactly. a perfect example. Yeah. And I want to tell my listeners, Michelle can also be found in the trusted professional section of Divorce Girl Smiling, or if you want to find any kind of divorce professionals, everything from divorce attorneys, financial advisors, mediators, real estate agents, mortgage lenders, all kinds of wonderful people who are all trusted and vetted by me. You can also listen to more podcasts. You can download my mobile app, or you can sign up for my free consult by going to divorcedgirlsmiling.com. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. And we'll talk to you real soon.